now, do you? Or you do now? Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so now that I'm, I'm, I'm back here, you know, I've been at school, right? So you're probably expecting some theologically brilliant homily, aren't you? Well, sorry. Um, this uh, passage, Jesus raising from the dead, the, uh, the dead man, who is the only son of the widow in Nain. It's, uh, this is, account is only found in the Gospel of St. Luke. It's a unique Lucan material. And uh, we're just given the, the basic details there. And uh, you can't help but wonder what the bigger story was, huh? You know, like who she was and who was her husband who's now deceased and then the son. And we know from that culture that uh, for her to be a widow and then to lose her only son would have meant that she, uh, she would have been in, um, in dire straits, you know, in that culture. Um, for a, a widow to be there with, with no children, kind of on her own. And uh, so there was uh, a, a deep sorrow that, that had happened there. And uh, the account, as Luke re- uh, tells it here, makes it very clear that Jesus was moved with pity at her. Like she, she looms large here. Jesus sees her and has pity for her. And then after he raises this guy from the dead, he restores him to his mother. So that somehow she is the focus of what's happening here. It's really beautiful. And I came across a line in one of the early church fathers, I don't remember who, it may have been St. John Chrysostom, whose feast day is today, uh, where they, uh, they had noticed that maybe in seeing this scene of the, the widow and the death of her only son, uh, and Jesus being moved with pity, maybe it was because he knew what was going to happen to his own mother when he died, right? Mother Mary was a widow, Joseph was dead by that time, and Jesus was her only son, and so there's something... Uh, beautiful presence of Our Lady there, you know, a little foretaste that uh, moved Jesus to, to do this miracle. And uh, you could almost wonder, you know, is there leaving the town to, to go to the graveyard to bury him, um, how sad she must have been, and, and uh, you know, just the dynamics that were happening there. And uh, so in praying over that, I was asking myself the question, you know, do, do we ever have moments in our life of um, experiencing death and loss? And uh, the answer is yes, yes we do. In uh, the spiritual life, there are moments when we taste little tastes of death. Um, in the language of spiritual theology, it's called detachment. Now, what happens when you actually die? Well, you leave it all behind. It is the ultimate poverty check. It's the <laughs> ultimate moment of detachment. You know, you leave this world, which may or may not make you happy or sad, I don't know. 
but you, you know, you leave everything behind and all the relationships all, you know, and uh, you even leave your body behind. I mean, it's like, wow, the, the ultimate detachment. The soul leaves the body. Your guardian angel escorts your soul to the throne of God. And, um, and so, sisters, before that moment happens, this mysterious moment which looms in the future for each one of us, that none of us know when that's going to happen unless God tells you. He probably won't tell you because you'll just freak out. We have little practice moments in this life to get ready for that moment, huh? And there's where the beautiful spiritual theology of the church, you know, many of the doctors like John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, um, talk about detachment. Moments when we experience letting go, let go and let God. Uh, moments of death, of death, you know, and it can be so painful. And yet, if we have the eyes of faith, it can be so good for us. Um, so, uh, I, I presume I could invite each one of you up to the pulpit here this morning to give a little story of how you've, ex- you know, experienced this. Mother Lucille, you have experienced moments of detachment and loss and death. Um, so one, one is when you move, <laughs> you know, you, you're moving from one convent to another, from one country to another, you know, it's, you're leaving behind. And uh, it's so beautiful when um, the local people get upset and they write letters to the superior, don't move them, and, you know, there's a party and tears and everything, you know, because, you know, we're not made for goodbyes, but um, when we experience the death of loved ones, when we experience, you know, little, you know, it's not always big and dramatic, but they're, they're just moments of, as St. Paul would say in a couple of passages, you know, carrying around the, the death of Christ. And it's mysterious. Um, St. Paul, and I had a, a class on St. Paul, so now you're getting a little something from my studies here. Um, it, it's very clear that St. Paul in thinking about his own trials, his own sufferings, his own difficulties, he saw them in the light of Christ. You know, the death and resurrection of Jesus. He, St. Paul intuited that what happened to Jesus, his death and his resurrection, has an application in our own lives who are followers of Jesus. So we will have moments of death and uh, we will have moments of resurrection. You know, um, until, ultimate, until the ultimate moment of our real death and then our real resurrection at the end of time. And uh, if you have the eyes of faith to see it that way, to know that in moments when you feel crushed, you feel like you're dying, you're feeling the sting of the detachments, and, uh, that it could be seen differently. Really, it's only Christian faith that offers this perspective of, you know, how good it is um, because of the preparation that it offers us, you know, to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness. As we grow in our detachment from everything that's not God, we have then the opportunity to grow in our attachment to God. There's the context, you know, like the more we are detached from things that are not God, the more we can become attached to God. Um, the more we can be prepared and ready for the ultimate moment of detachment, our own death. 
Um, and then to see our trials and our sufferings and our difficulties in those moments when, when it's, um, we're really feeling it, um, to see that in the light of God's love, to see that, that even though maybe it doesn't feel good, that um, it's good for us. You know, a loving God only allows things that, you know, are good for us. Even his permissive will that allows evil uh, only because he can bring a greater good out of it. You know, we've got to really believe that, you know. And uh, to just, to grow in our trust, our, our trust for him. Those moments when we experience uh, detachment, moments of death, moments of suffering, um, we can really grow in our trust for him, you know. You lived a happy-go-lucky life, uh, you know, with little to no trial or suffering and always getting your own will and everything. Uh, you would end up being a horrible person, you know, just selfish and pampered and spoiled and bratty, you know. And uh, so it's so it's so good for us to, to suffer, to experience moments of death in Christ so that we can experience the resurrection so that we can be prepared for that ultimate moment. And uh, so let's pray for that grace this day as Jesus enters our, our own lives, we encounter him, that uh, we may experience his uh, resurrection. And uh, amen.